I bought a Kindle device. Why would you do that? Well, I, I guess we should talk about it some other time on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, children. I love them. I have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> a collector. So we are the best podcasters on the planet, 7,000 downloads and counting, and now but. let's stop. <laughs> Hello, I'm Michael. I'm Radek. And this is The Podcast. A sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. We discuss books we read and want to share with you. As well as technology and productivity, which is what we do by day working on our app, Nosby. Or whatever else comes to mind. Or a book today, right? Yes, uh, another book. Uh, it's been, I, I think, a few weeks in a row talking about books, but... We <laughs> we just read a lot lately, so you just beat the record, man. I mean, you know, gloat. Oh, that's right, that's gloat. right. Yeah, I, I I guess I guess I should do that. So at the beginning of the year, I set out to read thirty books. Actually, actually, that's not true. That's that's re- revisionism. Uh, at the beginning, I planned to read like twenty six books, maybe thirty. The thirty was a stretch goal. Uh, so twenty six, which would be much more than ever before in a year. But I quickly realized that it's way too easy. Like, th- this is no challenge. So I, I said, okay, let's do 30, which comes down to be the average of a book every 12 days. And just a few days ago, I, I finished our 30th, I mean, my 30th book, which is what we're going uh, to talk about today. Yeah. So, uh, and you're only, already on 30, 31st. So, uh, almost yes. done, right? So, uh, so you'll beat the record this year. Yes, uh, probably going to get to like 33 or 44. <laughs> Speaking of gloating, let's gloat more. Uh, we Last week we measured, we had 7,000 podcast listeners in a week. 7,000 podcast downloads. Yes. Downloads, yeah, podcast downloads in a week. So um, like of all of the, like the, the difference between episodes, between all the episodes that we measure actually. So from the 18th, I, yeah. I think. That, that's not the 76th episode getting... 7,000 downloads, it's 7,000 downloads across all of our episodes. Yeah. So it seems like people are still downloading them. Um, yeah. So that's that's good. That's good to hear. So thank you, our dear listeners. Thanks for, you know, for sticking with us. So uh, every week, actually, we are growing more or less. So it's a very nice curve there. So thank you so much. And we'll try to live up to the standards here. Okay, let's end gloating. Let's talk about the book, which is, yeah. ironically enough, called Ego is the Enemy. Right. No, no, you know, I mean, I, I think it made perfect sense. You know, before starting talking about ego, let's, you know, scratch our egos a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and, and then let's just get down to earth. <laughs> exactly. So we are the best podcasters on the planet, 7,000 downloads and counting, and now but. let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Uh I suppose let's let's try to quickly summarize what the book is about. The book was essentially a a big collection of of stories uh, about you know trying to push you to really internalize that fact that ego is the enemy that you you shouldn't feel uh, too proud too too good you you shouldn't you shouldn't think you're you're better or smarter or or anything you you should always. Uh, stay humble and, and keep your ego in check, uh, and 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 much of that is is obvious or, or should be obvious. So uh, we, we we probably shouldn't spend 
too much time discussing what what the book actually said you you just, you just should should read it but um what what i think we should do is discuss how did we feel about the book like how what what did we learn from it like what what are the changes maybe in our lives that that we see or uh what are the stories from 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 our past that we don't want to repeat so michael how did ego is the enemy make make you feel bad really yeah so after reading like i always knew somewhere that um so i am an extrovert as you know and kind of extrovert um who works from home well i'm an extrovert and i like being among people and i like when people um compliment for things but this makes me human right but what i realized listening to the book uh, and then later Uh, observing my behavior in many situations, even small situations, mm-hmm. how often like my ego would speak up, you know? How, like, even in small situations, how often I would, like, I would say something and I would, I would think about it. I would like, oh no, this is not the right approach. This is ego talking, you know? Mm-hmm. I was, I, di- I didn't realize it that much, you know? I, I didn't realize that in, um, so it was the first takeaway for me that in many interactions human interactions that we have with people like how many like how many times the ego steps up you know to some extent mm-hmm. um it's like this story that i i think told you i told you several times i don't know if i told on uh, i think also on the podcast some sometime that um because i work from home and we are um we moved here where where we live now because of my my wife's job mm-hmm. um many people would think that um that uh, I am uh, like a housewife, you know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm this guy who's from home, uh, who, who, is, who, who says he works from home, like, you know, whatever. Uh, right. And, and uh, he always brings kids to school. He picks up the kids from school. So he has all the time in the world, right? And I remember that, that, that very often when somebody would ask me, <laughs> like, what do you do? Or if you have a job or something like that, I would feel offended. I would feel like, you know, Do you know who you're talking to? You know, like I would feel that, feel like that, and and I would be a bit embarrassed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it would just, you know, it would um, hit me that uh, I shouldn't be. I mean, I mean, why would I? So this was the first thing that in many interactions uh, I I see now more clearly ego stepping up, uh, and I try to control it. I try to, you know base my answers not on the ego but um yeah this was my first thing after reading the book yeah uh i'm 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 saying the reading the book was was deeply uncomfortable to me and i i definitely noticed um through the you know when the when the book was giving many stories many many examples then uh in in some of them i i would recall situations in which i would i, I would make a mistake where, where I, i would be you know i would be speaking from the position of of of, of my ego which which was unnecessary right uh, and and like oftentimes it would it would be in a situation where where this this would not be obvious because i i would have a, a reason to get frustrated like it wouldn't just be about me feeling better than other people it's just like uh So someone else said something wrong, but it was still my fault to to react in a certain way, to to let my 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 ego, you know, make me overreact instead of just staying 
calm and and reasonable, right? Uh, but but the more uncomfortable thing was the awareness of the things I might I might not be seeing uh, in myself that you know the the many stories of of failure through through ego. This is a common pattern. You 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 see these people all the time. I'm sure we we both know many people so, some somewhere in our, our lives at at some points who are egotistical, and likely they they weren't even aware of that. And and that's to me scary. That uh, there's thing I there's things I I noticed in myself and will do my best not to repeat. Uh, but maybe there's things I haven't noticed and won't notice and forget about it and just. Uh, you know, fall into the the age-old trap of of ego. That's scary. I remember in one of the films. There was one of the movies. There was this um, this this phrase that uh, the moment you, I mean, you start failing, the moment you start believing your own bullshit, mm-hmm. right? And and because when you when you look at the world right now, uh, the Facebooks, you know, when you show how brilliant you are, how how great you are, how how accomplished you are, um, and everybody is doing the same thing, so mm-hmm. we are actually projecting our best selves uh, and showing them to the world. It helps us magnify the ego. It helps us. Uh, I mean, it supports the ego because um, we start believing we're great. Uh, I started believing I am the best, you know, entrepreneur in the whole freaking world. I'm the, you know, most productive guy in the whole world and, and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you start believing these things because, you know, you, you, you um, try to show it like this. You, you, um, you, you, you know, pro- project this kind of um, persona. You project this kind of um, uh, image and then people applaud you for it. So uh, your ego is very nicely scratched, uh, very nicely itched and you feel better about yourself and then you think you're the you're the man, right? And it's a trap. It's a trap because, um, and what I really liked about what, what this book said, the, it's the it's the trap because this is the moment where you stop learning, you stop being humble, you mm. stop being curious, because you think you're the thing, you're the shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so so when you think like that, um, y- y- you stop uh, what you should always be doing. Like in in my case. I have these two contradictory um, features. So one of the features is that I know that I am that I am susceptible to this, to 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 being, you know, called Mr. Mr. Michael, Mr. Expert, and whatnot. And I'm the boss of the company, so you know, you're the CEO, and blah blah blah. And sometimes I just, you know, really believe in my, my own bullshit uh, mm. in this way. But on the other hand, one of my features uh, it was, you know, I did this uh, strengths finder test is to be constant learner. This is one of my constant features. So what I observe in myself is these ups and downs, like this moment that I believe in my uh-huh. own you know, thing, and the moment that I understand I don't, I don't know nothing, and I go back, <laughs> and then I study, you know, and, I, and I'm humble again, yeah. and I'm a humble student again. But then I start believing in my thing, and then I go again, so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's good, that's good. You know, when you were talking about the starting to believe in your own bullshit, I recalled, uh, the book about Tesla, the the Nikola Tesla, yeah, and 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 that was my feeling. Like, what a cautionary tale! He he started his uh, career in a great way. He came up with this brilliant invention of a brushless AC motor, which was really big. It was very very important. It was 
a great invention. It had commercial success. It was great. But then he started believing in his own fame and, and he started believing he's the smartest person on the planet. And then he made pretty much nothing of note for the rest of his life. He he was all about the, the projections. He was talking about, you know, making... Um, free electricity and and uh, sending power through the earth. Uh, lots of interesting ideas, but he never proved them. He just spent, you know, he, he kept wasting money and time and, and made grander and grander predictions and never lived up to them. And he, he, he didn't find the, the humility to understand that, you know, the, his first invention was great, but it, it doesn't mean he's He's the genius and he can do anything without the constant learning, constant questioning of himself and his ideas. Yeah, and that's the, the, the thing. And the other thing uh, which also was highlighted in the book very well was the fact that doing the right thing is enough. Like Because we very often do something based on other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. Because again, our ego, ego kicks in because... I am expected to be the productivity guy, the productivity expert. That's why I have to do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is uh, you know which is crazy. I want to do this because I want to learn something new. I want to improve something there. That's that should be the motivation. So doing the work is enough. Doing the right thing for me, for the company, for for our business is enough. Not doing the right thing by somebody else's standards is enough, right? And, and um, especially, again, in our technology sector, startups and, and startup world, there is, there is this bar of you know, VC funding, of, of, of uh, reinventing, disrupting and whatnots. And you hear about these great you know, inventions and, and, and millions. Mm-hmm. And then you think, well, then I should do this or I shouldn't do that. Or I should, or maybe we are too small or too weak or we're doing something wrong. Like this is crazy. This is this is totally crazy. But you know we are approaching a decade running Nosby, and uh, this decade already taught me <laughs> that very often when I was thinking about a decision and uh, I I made a different decision than the general wisdom of the industry was because I thought the decision was the right thing to do. In the end, turned out to be the right decision. Um, so I really like the stress of doing the right thing is enough and, and not measuring yourself to these different standards and trying to live up to them and trying to match your ego was really also important for me to, to get from this book. Yeah, I suppose it's a whole different discussion we should, we should do at, at, at some point. It's, it's so common in today's world to, to be so addicted to, to feedback, to external inputs, external motivation, and and that's that's psychologically toxic. Uh, you should not tie your your own uh, sense of motivation and self worth with external uh, factors, both ups and downs. Uh, the what's what's internal? Your your interest, your you doing the right thing, you putting effort. That should be enough, and and you should understand that. You will fail. Uh, the world will not appreciate you. Uh, you will not be uh, successful by everybody's standard, and you will, you know, you you won't impress everyone, and it shouldn't matter. 
I have a perfect story. Uh, and it's just, and it's the recent news actually. And it gives me an option to do a Formula One corner. <laughs> nice. So, uh, just recently, a Formula One, uh, Formula One is a racing, um, like the, the fastest cars on the planet. It's a racing championship, and it just, the, the season just ended, and we have a new world champion. His name is Nico Rosberg. He's 31, and he became, the fir- for the first time, the Formula, world, uh, Formula One world champion. And just after reaching that, he announced the end of his, end of his, his, his career. And everybody was like, what? You're 31, you just achieved that. You have a valid contract for more years to race and, and, and you, you're going to earn lots of money and you can be on this. I mean, you just start, started, you are a, you know, a freaking world champion. But what Nick Rosberg did, and I really admire him for that, he, he redefined his own like, success, his own, like, his own definition of success. He wanted to achieve, achieve that. He wanted to, to be the world champion, the Formula One world champion, and he achieved that. And he said it cost him a lot. It cost his family a lot. It cost him, like, it was a very, very tough season for him. He won it. And he has a wife and a daughter. And for him, right now, he completed everything he wanted. And now he wants to focus on, on, on raising his family and doing different things and, and having more time to be with his family. Because if you are a Formula One driver, you're basically living in hotel rooms all the time and you're traveling all the time because you're mm-hmm. racing every two weeks or every week, depending. So there are tw- 21 races uh, in, a, in, a, in a calendar. So, um, so he doesn't even you know, know his one-year-old girl that much. But it was amazing how he... He defined his own definition of success, his own definition of what he wants to achieve, in spite of what everyone expected of him. And and really, Shapoba, really, I'm I'm really impressed by by what he did. Um, like when you when you listen to the to the um, to the interviews of you know with other Formula One uh, drivers, everybody's like, like they, they they don't say it, but they have this face like. I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you could just, you know, do that, become a champion and just decide to quit because that's fine with you. Right. I mean, they they, they thought it's not really allowed, you know? (laughs) So, so for me, like how he redefined what for him success means, what he wants, what his next success as a father and a husband and, and, you know, many, I don't know what, what what are, he didn't lay out other plans, but I'm sure he has them. Um, otherwise he wouldn't just you know do it but it's amazing how how he gave up you know he gave up this expectation everything else and this ego of being right now you know uh, this champion and 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 what whatever comes whatever you know comes with it so for me a great story so let's get back to the cautionary tale of the book if ego is the enemy how do you ensure that you will actually implement its advice how do you keep yourself in check and make sure you don't become delusional to your own supposed greatness? What, what do you think about that? There is no, you know, one answer, but there are a few. That something that comes to my mind, like what we already discussed in the very beginning of this show, first of all, is observe how you respond to things. Be mm-hmm. more you know, be more vigilant to how you respond to situations, especially situations that make you uncomfortable or, or you know, piss you off. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, and then, then 
you know, just you know, realize if, if you're pissed off because your ego is hurt or because there is something that really needs to be fixed there. And, you know, like, what, what, is, what is the reason there? And second, like this, this, this notion of staying humble and staying constant learner, um, mm-hmm. uh, constantly learning new things, even if you've achieved something, you know, go back to the drawing board, learn more, study more. Um, like, I think always remembering, you know, it's, it's cliche, but always remembering that you don't know anything. You, I mean, you, don't, you know nothing. This is, you know, this, there's so much more to know. So uh, like for me, this is always a, a great cautionary tale. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. As for like professional skills and ego related to that, my my thought on this is um, it's it's something uh, Ira Glass ha- has said that you should you should always keep your taste sharp. Like you're you're you should never be able to live up to your taste. Your taste should should always be ahead of your skill. Because if you're if you're never like hundred percent satisfied with what you can do, then this this always pushes you to keep learning. Like the the moment you you feel comfortable and feel like okay, uh, I guess I'm I'm pretty good. Um, you know I'm not I'm not seeing much issue with what I've done here. That that should be an instant red flag because that means uh, that means you you haven't. You haven't sharpened your your uh, your eye enough to see your own flaws in your skills, and if you don't see your flaws, then you can't improve because you don't know what to learn. Yeah, totally, totally. And um, and to help you with that, what we keep um, repeating here on this show is to um, get have have these feedback loops. Have your weekly review. Have your quarterly review. Keep reviewing what you've done. Mm-hmm. celebrate successes but then move on and keep being better so but but yes. but and that's why these feedback loops are but not feedback loops from other people saying hi ah, you're great you're fantastic no yes. feedback loops from yourself because we are a more a more harsher teacher and, yeah. and a friend to ourselves than than other people so you know be uh, you know it's good to celebrate small victories it's good to celebrate successes it's healthy it's it's important but this celebration ends with you know learning experience and 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 what i what i have learned from that okay how how i can build up on that success to build something better to move to a higher level um, so always and, and 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 that's why we 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 repeat so much feedback uh, the, the 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 feedback loops like weekly review and quarterly offsite they are so important because they they make you revisit things and 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 build on top of what you've achieved uh, achieved yeah, this is this is actually a, a deeper topic which uh, I want to get get back in a in a few few episodes. I also wanted to, to say like you 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 made a good suggestion that when you feel pissed off, uh, you should you should take a breath and okay, breathe <laughs> and do some introspection to make sure it's not you that's the problem. Uh, but but what about the situation where you you haven't noticed that? You know, it's not just you haven't noticed that you did anything wrong, but you haven't noticed anything went wrong, but yet, yet you 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 did something right. You 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 said something that made you sound like an egotistical asshole, but you were too blind to to see that. Like that that that's where I I, I see the the danger, because uh, as as you said, you're 
uh, you are a harsher teacher than 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 your friends. Your your friends um, understand. They're they're nice to you, and you might not like that. That's that that's a problem. That 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 you might not get get feedback that you did did something wrong, and and that's the problem. If you have information, if you have the feedback loop, then you can you can notice, self correct, and and improve. But if you're blind to your own mistakes. And again, not 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 just in the the sphere of of your skill, but in ego uh, at large, then that's a problem. Yeah, for me, always the red fl- red flag is um, when somebody or when me uh, when 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 there is a mistake, when there is a problem, and we blame some external factors, some somebody else. Because when we blame somebody else, we're like, "I'm great, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me." No, it wasn't me, right? And and this is not the way to go. I mean, I've, we've been talking about this uh, previously, but for me, this concept of, 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 of taking the blame is, is very important. And we just had, an, uh, had, a, had a discussion about it, how um, I'm learning from my past mistakes uh, this year, uh, and I've had a few, and, and I'm trying to right now take the blame and, and, and learn from it. And and understand what I what I did wrong, and and just find a constructive solution, not and 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 the process that will impede uh, this kind of situation happening again. But but the first mm-hmm. step is to 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 remove my ego from the equation, take the blame, understand. Okay, I did something wrong, and now what can I do to improve it? But but if you don't take the first step of taking the blame, the ego will always say. I mean, you know, um, it wasn't you. It was like, you know, that that was the factor. The wind was blowing in the right direction. You know, you will always find somebody to blame. I mean, it's really easy. You know, it's really easy to find somebody to blame. Yeah, it is. Um, but but then you never improve. Then you will you you will actually your ego will, will speak up and you will be just you will feel you know superior because it wasn't you. But it's always us. There's always something we could have done differently. Um, we could have done better. And and uh, so for me, this constant search, uh, this you know, seeking out the ways to improve myself, and and first taking the blame, taking mm-hmm. a step back, and then moving forward, finding a solution, a constructive solution, is very important. Because yes, it's very comf- un- uncomfortable to 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 get. I mean, to to to, to understand I messed up, but. I, for for example, from my personal experience, I take lots of comfort from the fact that hey, I messed up, but I've learned this and that, huh? Yeah. And it very quickly, you know, makes me feel better. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't automatically. Um, <clears throat> I don't automatically forgive, forgive forgive myself, but at least I'm like, yeah. So it, it wasn't that bad. At least I made the freaking mistake for a reason to understand that and that, and then move from there. I agree. I'm the same. I, I'm also comforted by my own mistakes because what I've screwed up I can learn and improve what external factors messed up I can't change uh, speaking of, of of which um, I I remember when uh, reading I think it was uh, your brain at work uh, at, at the end when talking about changing kind of other people it cautioned against the the danger of, of feedback it, it talked about how um, a lot of people don't react very well to feedback because they they take it as a threat, and and reading that it it made me really sad because I I don't think 
I don't think that's that's a built-in thing. I, I think that's a cultural thing. Uh, because I, I don't feel like it at all. I'm very, I'm always very uh, grateful when someone points out my my, my mistakes. Uh, sure, I'm I'm just a human and, and, and might sometimes um, react badly to it, but, but overall that's an essential step to improvement, the feedback. And uh, you're right, we, we should primarily seek feedback loops uh, in ourselves with stuff like that because that's the, that's the most reliable thing, right? But I, I kind of wish culturally people were more comfortable with with giving and receiving feedback, with, with giving like little nudges uh, to to like point out your, your mistakes because a lot of times uh, you mess up and you don't even realize, right? And then you find out later and you're like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that, right? But you only realize... Uh, afterwards because well people unless you really badly screw up uh, people won't tell you and it kind of sucks it's like with our Nosby customer support we receive emails from our customers and very often they're angry emails like this doesn't work or this feature is broken or uh, I don't know you know something went wrong and they write to us and it it takes training from the customer support staff to understand that people um, write to us because they care, not yeah. because like you know, ninety-nine percent of the e- of these emails are because people care. They want this to work. They want you know they want to succeed with Nosby. They don't write to us to insult us or out of spite. They write to us because they care. And, and this is easier because it's an email. We are like it's this different company, so they are more. Um, inclined to write frankly what they think mm-hmm. uh, but as you said in a, in a more in a culture in, in our culture when we meet when we talk to people we don't do that that much and when we do uh, <laughs> it's, it's not really received well people are really taken aback mm-hmm. I know from from my own perspective uh, that I sometimes also you know when somebody criticizes me um the first my first reaction is not the, the, the you know it's not the comfortable one it's like huh what's happening here but I have this chip that I try to really engage to quickly uh, you know change the, my mind of thinking um, my mode of thinking and okay so he's saying that I shouldn't be doing that so maybe I should improve there mm-hmm. it's like with me speaking uh, I speak very fast and I've been complimented in a not very good way for mm-hmm. that very often and this, this podcast is for me a deliberate training practice to speak slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and whenever people say that I speak too fast, I, I take it like the first time they, they would say it, I, I, I would be really offended. But now I know it's, they, they want to give me a good feedback and I should learn from that. It means, although I've tried and I've been you know, trying to speak slower, it didn't work yet, so I should work more on that. Uh, but I remember the first times I was really, you know, I was um, like, it hurt. Tolly, uh, there's one more thing I wanted to, to talk with you about uh, in regards to this book. You know, I, I used to really idolize uh, many people. Uh, we all do. We we have oh, yeah. our heroes, right? And. When we find them, we listen to them, we try to learn from them, we listen to every word they say and and take it in. And with time, as as I 
uh, as I grew older, as I grew more experienced, I realized that those those people, those idols and heroes, they're they're not that magical. They're not they're not that different from you and me. Uh, they're not geniuses. They're more successful. They're they're more experienced. They more they're more uh, knowledgeable. That's for sure. But uh, they're probably not a lot smarter. Maybe they are a bit smarter. In in best case scenario, they're maybe twice as smart as as I am. But but the the range of smartness is really not that big in, in people. It's all the other factors. So it's it's just I I, I realize those are just people, and so I grew comfortable with 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 taking words of other people with a grain of salt, even if they're my heroes and idols, which, you know, I, I, they're, they're not, I, I don't idolize people that much anymore. I, I just, you know, I, I, it's not an idol anymore. It's not an authority. It's, it's an opinion, right? And I take it in and I try to uh, learn from it, but I, I question it, right? And, and you have to do that because, first of all, you have to make up your own mind. Uh, second of all, uh, history shows time and time again that smart people, even groups of smart people, sometimes think and, and say and do really dumb things. So you you have to judge and weigh information, uh, even from, 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 from people you respect and admire. But what, what, what made me really uncomfortable, a thought that made me uncomfortable during this, this, this book is, I don't, I don't have a, a good enough, a, a satisfactory answer to how to differentiate between knowing something and just hubris. So when I, you know what I mean? So when I, I say, mm, I actually don't, don't think that's, that's true or I, I think something else. Is it like, how, how do you keep your, yourself and your ego in check between, between plain arrogance, uh, actually not knowing something and thinking you know something uh, and actually, you know, having a reasonable uh, op- opinion, even if it's different from from another smart person. And like intuitively, this isn't a, a problem. Like I, I have a, a sense of 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 how to differentiate, uh, you know, fact from opinion. Like I I, I know um, what's the source of it. Is it a fact? Is it an opinion? Uh, is it a, just a vague sense or something I thought through? Is there evidence for it? How much? Like where it came from? There's there's all sorts of signal signals that that I feel you know pretty comfortable like weighing which of the things I think are are like I'm pretty sure about those and so and which of those are like I think those bad you know I'm not sure at all. But but that's the that's the danger of of of, of ego. The, the the thing I, I mentioned earlier like. It's it's very easy to fall into the trap and delude yourself and think you actually think something and actually it's just arrogance it's just ego right and how how to keep that in check yeah I, I just uh, yesterday I was um, uh, participating in a, I was a keynote a keynote speaker at the webinar so mm-hmm. I was doing a webinar and. Um, after the web and of course i was the proactivity expert on the webinar and i was you know uh, explaining how how we do things in our company and after that there was a q and a segment which i really like the questions and answers and people when they ask you questions they expect that you will give them a definite definite answer 
And what I'm trying to, to say always, uh, I mean, recently, my, my practice was that instead of saying, to get there, you should do this. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, you know, um, in a situation like this, I would approach it this way. And like, to explain that this is not the definite answer. This is my answer. This is mm -hmm. one of the answers. This is one of the approaches. Uh, to give the impression to the you know, listener and to the pe person who asked the question that this is my way to go. I would approach it this way, but there might be other factors to consider. Um, and, and this way, I don't, first of all, I don't sound to myself as the definite know-it-all. Mm -hmm. and, and second, I hope I don't sound to them as definite know-it-all and open their eyes that there might be other options, that this is just one of the suggestions, that this is not the definite way to go because Michael said that, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, whoever said that. So I think this, this kind of approach helps me stay in check also uh, by, by giving this answer and not sounding too important and too, um, too definite, too, like, you know. Yeah, that's, that, that's actually pretty good. Uh, like trying to keep the the opinions in your head with with like a degree of uncertainty yes like i i i guess that's really important there, there's still danger that, that you misweigh something but i guess it's important to be aware of the level of confidence you, you have in something like, like some things you just know are are just facts right some things are a strong opinion but but then like when you when you think of not just say things but think of things in terms of i think it's probably this i have a sense it might be this or uh, i have a hypothesis it's either this or this like when you when you can weigh um the you know your 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 sense of the likelihood of something being true then then you can you you can be more open to to changing your opinion when when new evidence comes in without you know, uh, going crazy with, well, everything is just an opinion or, or, or any like thing is equally true, which is not true. Yeah. And, and another tip, uh, I would give, and I've tried it recently and I'll be trying it today, actually, mm -hmm. when I meet socially and today I'm going for a birthday party of, uh, a friend of my daughters so there will be parents speaking to parents and you know the children will play so very often when we speak when we talk with parents and this is a new new class so we don't know each other that well mm -hmm. uh, we exchange ideas we ask you know what we do for a living and things things like that i i i try to remember to be more curious about the other person to, mm. to ask more questions about them because very often we fall into this trap of answering just their questions and we think the conversation is done because you know we've been talking about me all the time <laughs> and and which is great uh, it's my favorite subject know what i'm saying so so very often I, I so in these social situations I, I i i work hard to remind myself to be more curious, to ask them about things, to ask them about their life, about what they're what they've done, about what they are doing, and about their children, of course. And uh, this way, I see that we get a, a, a more fruitful, a more um, a more engaging exchange, uh, a conversation than just uh, you know flat out answering. Yeah, I'm the best. You know, <laughs> just talking about me is the best. <laughs> yeah, I I also have a sense. Um, 
we should abolish this need, this this cultural um, sense that 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 you need certainty. Because I, I I suppose that's that's the problem with, with a lot of people. They they, yeah, they feel like right. they need a definite answer. Otherwise, they, they just feel deeply uncomfortable about not having it. And I guess when you real like when you deeply internalize that you don't have all the answers, that you're always learning, like always getting close, inching closer to the to the to the truth about stuff. But a lot of things are just uncertain to a different degree. Uh, then that's much better. Uh, and 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 then if you if you get comfortable with the uncomfort of uncertainty, uh, then you can feel comfortable about always questioning yourself and, and not feel like this is something that's like dis- destroying you. That you know that that, that you keep questioning yourself, uh, but it it just becomes a something normal and and healthy that you're always challenging uh, what you think you know and and always. Asking the question, is it actually true or do I have more to learn here? Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to be to being humble, to humility, to to knowing. I, I think you, you nailed it uh, on the head. I mean, this uncertainty that there is no definite answer. And I know it from the experience. There is no definite answer. There are so many ways to go. There are so many ways and there are so many... Um, situations that are out of our influence where things can go right or left or, or you know or different way so yeah totally um, this will keep our ego in check knowing that will should keep our ego, ego in check because ego is the enemy <laughs> I, I know one more thing that that should help us um, keep our ego in check which is I feel like this is one of the books that I should put on a list to reread at some point in the future right? and we should we should probably also, the two of us on this show, get back to it uh, sometime from now. Um, I, I don't, I don't tend to, I don't remember the last time I would read a book more than once. But uh, over the last year, reading a lot, uh, I see titles which, from which I've learned a lot. But, but a second reading after a year or so from the first reading. Uh, might turn out to be even more revealing because I'll already be primed to to see what I should have learned from it. And the second time, I may be able to see, did I really make progress on it or are there things I completely missed? 